The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Is your organization a talent magnet? Is your culture the envy of the business market? Top organizations need top leaders. Make sure that you are that leader. This show will ensure that you are. Welcome to I Lead the Leadership Connection with Dr. Linda Sharkey. Leaders today are more than just results. They are about creating legacies of great people, driving winning organizations, and raising the bar for themselves and that of their teams. Now, here is your host, Dr. Linda Sharkey. Welcome. I'm Linda Sharkey. I'm your host of I Lead the Leadership Connection, and thanks for joining me this uh, today. And thanks, everybody, for all the support that you've given the show over this last year or so. It's been a real privilege uh, to be doing it, and I'm starting to get a lot of people who are sending me emails and who want to be on the show, and it's, it's a very exciting thing. Um, today, I have, you, you probably know if you listened to my last show that I was in Silicon Valley and I had a great opportunity to tour Facebook and really hear some of the wonderful things that Facebook is doing and they're really getting into the business realm. Um, they're doing Facebook at work, which is going to take away a lot of the need for the kind of computing that we've been doing in the past, web, web-based commute, computing. It's going to be much more cloud-based, much more instantaneous. You can look up anybody in the organization in a, in a second and you can communicate with them, uh, have, have instantaneous learning chats. It's really quite exciting. But one of the things that came out from uh, that session along with the other companies that I had the opportunity to speak with, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, um, Lyft, um, Magellan, etc., were really how important culture is to the organization. Now, my own personal studies around culture started about 30 years ago when I realized that it was that hidden iceberg under the under the water that could either crash an organization or not. It was, however, very difficult to convince people how important culture was. In the organization I was working with, it was so interesting. We were talking about culture, and there were a merger of several different companies. And companies that had spent the time in their merging together to really work through their culture, work through open and honest communication, had built trust. But they brought in a new company about a year ago, and those individuals were not feeling that same level of uh, openness, honesty, communication, because I don't think that they did the same work in terms of integrating them from a cultural perspective. And their cultures were very different. So it just goes to show that without a really great culture that everybody is on board with and supports and that the leaders really exemplify the behaviors of that culture, you could be a good company, but you'll never really, really be a great company. And culture, communication, trust, leadership all gets in the way 
of an organization's being able to execute effectively. You can put all the process in place that you want, and people won't follow it. They won't communicate effectively around it if you don't have a culture of open communication, teamwork, and trust, which is why I decided to bring my friend back, John Matone. John was was on the show last year, and we talked about some of the other work that he's done in the, in the talent area and the culture area, some of the shows that he's been on. John is, in my mind, a great scholar and practitioner. We've had the fortune to work together in Mexico and hopefully in some other places coming down the pike, and we share a lot of the same concerns. And I asked John to come on because he's just written his new book, which if you haven't gotten a copy, you definitely should, called Cultural Transformations. So thanks so much, John, for taking the time to be on the show today. I really appreciate it. Linda, thank you so, so much for having me back. And uh, what, a, what a privilege it is for me to, uh, to be on the show again. And I want to welcome all the listeners. Thanks for uh, tuning in to listen to uh, some ideas and, and perspectives on, on culture and Linda, you really, you really talked about uh, some important things there and I think established a really great context for our discussion. Yeah, great. Good. I'm glad. And, and by the way, you were telling me you were just with our mutual friend Marshall Goldsmith in Chile a couple of weeks ago. How fun was that? Oh, we had a ball. We, uh, we traveled uh, separately because he, uh, he actually had the afternoon session in Bogota, I delivered a, the morning session, and uh, and then I flew to Chile, uh, Santiago, and then he came in, and and uh, the same the same we repeated the same thing, Linda. I did the morning, he did the afternoon, then we went out to dinner that night. We had a great time. Super, super guy, as you know, yeah. uh, not only a great coach and and, and great leadership uh, individual, but just a, just a fun just a fun guy. We had a great time. Yeah, you know, I just love Marshall because he's such a great thought leader, and he was really ahead of his time. I, I'm sure you know he's the individual, yeah. along with uh, Kilty and uh, Boone, who started the whole 360 movement many, many years ago, and it's it's really morphed into this whole wonderful coaching practice, which you know I believe in wholeheartedly, and used in GE, which made a huge, big difference. So let's talk a little bit about your book. Sure. Well, oh, I have to tell you this, too. I also heard from uh, Tiger, uh, the CEO of GenPack, and he said, oh, I hear you're having John Matone on the, on the show again. <laughs> I love, I just enjoyed talking to John, great guy, and was happy to be in his book. So you've got some great people in that book, John. That's great. Thank you so much, Linda. Yeah, you know, so let, let, me, let me share um, about this book. Um, and, and you said it. Very, very appropriately, you know, just a few years ago, you know, when you ever brought up the word culture, you know, a lot of, a lot of business leaders at the highest level would kind of look at you with, you know, you got, uh, it wouldn't resonate. Uh, the word culture in many respects um, has been perceived uh, incorrectly by many executives for many, many years as a soft concept. And uh, what I wanted to do in the book was establish the connection that culture uh, is a very hard, a specific um, thing that ultimately drives operating success. So 
Right. What I wanted to do, Linda, right, was, was to actually create uh, an aspirational, inspirational book that would be leveraged by leaders at all levels in, 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 in all different geographies that they could tap into to learn what it takes to transform a culture in support of whatever operating imperative that exists. Um, so I did it two ways. And what I did was, from the research that I've done and just my experience, I created uh, some models around culture and culture transformation. And, and honestly, I've been working on these for many, many years. But with culture becoming more and more important and certainly being recognized by senior executives as a, as a key element driving operating success, I ramped up my efforts. And the first three chapters of the book establish a context and a foundation of what culture is um, and the, the, really the building blocks to driving a strong culture and building a strong culture in support of operating success. And then I talk so let's about... Let's talk about that. How, how are yeah. you defining culture, John? Yep. And, and so when you look at culture, and there's a lot of different definitions out there, Linda, obviously, right. I look at it as uh, if you take the aggregate of uh, the people in your business and look at the, the, their inner core, meaning their character, their values, their thinking patterns, their emotional makeup, those kinds of inner core elements that get translated into what I call the outer core, the skills and competencies and behaviors, um, that, that is the culture that exists. So, right. if you, so it's, it's people. I mean, it's people that make up culture. And, right. and, and the senior executive team, in fact, it's the CEO um, who, who creates the culture. And it, it will just roll downhill from there. So, what, what I did, it was a hypothesis, and obviously I, I reinforced and discovered it interviewing 14 of the top CEOs in the world, Tiger being one of those individuals, right. Tiger Tayajarajan. I love Joe Tiger. <laughs> tough name. <laughs> it is a tough name. That's very, why I always call him Tiger. Name. I know. Uh, I have to practice his name a lot. But what, what I want to do is kind of take their stories of themselves as leaders and what they're doing in their organizations to uh, – transform their companies, and, and there's just incredible lessons to be learned from these people. And all I did was I, I took their lessons and then uh, correlated them back to the models that are built in the first three chapters. And as a result, I think we've got something very, very strong. At least, you know, it, it, it launched last Tuesday, and the book seems to be doing very, very well. Yeah, I heard, isn't it the number one on Amazon? Well, it was actually the first couple of days it hit number one, and then it you know it dropped back it dropped back a little bit. But um, and that and that as you know is is typical as to what happens. But I do know that in Barnes and Noble and um, in some other uh, bookstores uh, the the sales are uh, brisk. So I'm really privileged right. and happy about that. Well, I'm I'm I know it's a, it's a terrific book. So so tell me something. Why did you choose? It's just a point of curiosity for me because transformation is a word, again, that is being bantied around a lot. People are stopping using change because we all know that the brain reacts negatively to change. And people are starting to use the word transformation. You don't have to be pulled forward to that aspiration, inspirational place, which is really what transformation is all about. On the other 
coin, side of that coin is many organizations are using transformation to talk about sort of the negative things like layoffs, downsizing, obviously is the same as layoffs, but sure. uh, cutting back costs, uh, you know, going back to our core, shedding businesses. Uh, I think you even saw some of that language used uh, just recently oh, yeah. with Yahoo, who's Absolutely. just trying to figure out how they're going to survive, oh, yeah. which may not be... <laughs> very easy on their part. So why did you pick that word transformation? Well, it is, it's a word that's resonating. There's no question about it. So it is, you know, in the year, what, 2016, it's, 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 it's a word that resonates um, and, and it's being bandied about, no question about it. It reflects both positive and negative movement, I guess, right, in organizations. Yes. And, uh, you know, when, when you think about it, change is, uh, you know, it's an, it's an old word. And um, what I wanted to do was kind of let the world know uh, that the goal is not culture transformation. The, the goal for, I think, all the organizations listening in here today, Linda, to the show, is yep. that all organizations share an imperative to improve their business. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, what's your challenge? You know, is your challenge to go from good to great, right? Or, or maybe your challenge is to go from great to greatest. Um, maybe your company needs to become more innovative, more customer service oriented. Um, you know, maybe you're, you're involved in a merger situation. Wh- whatever the operating imperative is, yeah. the important thing is that the culture be created and sustained to support the operating imperative. And I think that is a beautiful that statement. We're at break, John, and we're going to talk about that more when we right. come back. Right. Uh, and I also want to hear about your building blocks. Stay with us. We're talking to John Matone, author of Cultural Transformation, new book, fabulous book. Um, I really think that this is one of the ten factors that are going to be shaping the workplace of the future. So stay with us. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Wednesdays, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time for our special series on game-changing HR leaders. Learn how you can become the savvy leader who takes your company across the finish line as you look ahead to the next wave of business innovation. Game-Changing HR Leaders, presented by SAP and America's SAP Users Group. 
From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag iLeadTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to iLead, the Leadership Connection. Welcome back. I'm your host, Linda Sharkey, and with me today is John Matone, author of a new really, I think this is going to be a groundbreaking book. I think it is a groundbreaking book breaking book, and it's going to be a bestseller around cultural transformation. And we're talking about some of the building blocks, John, that you said came out of the interviews and discussions. What are some of the building blocks that you see are most essential to, to creating a transformative culture? Yeah, uh, there, are, there are six, Linda, and I'm going to hit these real quick. Number one, uh, it's a non-negotiable thing that the CEO and the senior executive team, they need to think differently and think big. Um, if, if, if you're thinking small, uh, it's not good enough nowadays. Um, it doesn't, again, it doesn't matter what industry or business that we're talking about. Uh, it is so disruptive out there that unless you've got a senior team uh, and also your, your leadership under the senior team, embracing the concept of thinking outside the box and understanding what thinking outside the box really constitutes, you're going to fail. And so, um, you know, I, I think that that was clearly something that, that came across from the 14 CEOs that I had the pleasure of, of uh, meeting and, and interviewing. The second step is to counterbalance that that vision of thinking differently and thinking big with a, with a massive dose of humility. And, and I call it the vulnerability decision, Linda. And I yeah. know you and I have talked about this before, that you've got to have somebody, um, if you're going to grow, uh, and, and again, uh, you want to see this at the CEO level and the senior executive team, that C-suite team, and it's got to also be in all your leaders a willingness and courage to raise their hands and say, you know something, I know I'm good in certain areas, but I do need to improve in other areas. So that's the instigator to growth uh, and development. And um, it, when that notion and that mentality exists, that's a really good thing. That's going to that's gonna create that learning culture. At least it's going to instigate that, Linda. Uh, yeah. Numbers, yeah, it makes sense, right? I mean, so, Oh, it totally makes sense. So, yeah. But how many uh, how many leaders do we have that are really humble? We we don't have enough. <laughs> That's we exactly really don't. right. And you know that from your your coaching work, it's it's right. a challenge. Um, you know the ego. Um, I, I think what we want is we want a balanced ego. You got to believe in yourself and the essence of what you bring, right. but you've got to counterbalance it with, you know, with openness. And from an right. aggregate standpoint, you know, when you look at a company, right, a company. Uh, from an aggregate standpoint, has got to be very open to feedback from customers and stakeholders and so on and so forth to make course corrections. So, you know, if you don't have that going on in your leaders, then you're in trouble. So that's, that's, that's exactly where that culture right. starts. And, um, and you're never going to be able to innovate. So humility, yeah. let's go to the next ones, John. Okay. Uh, 
I think the third one uh, is this whole notion, and I, and I use some big language around it, but I think you, you've got to be able to, and, and again, I learned this from these 14 CEOs, that you've got to, you've got to create pain in the comfort zone so that the people in the organization understand that if things stay the same, it's going to yield pain for themselves and the business. And you've got to be very delicate around doing that. But, you know, it goes back to what we've talked about before. People don't change unless they feel pain, right? That's very true. So you've got to be able to communicate convincingly to people in the organization that if we sustain doing what we're doing, if we continue doing the way we're, what we're doing, it's going to yield a certain degree of pain. Counterbalance that with a very strong, compelling vision of what the future and what the pleasure possibilities are. And you know, when you get into that, what I learned from the 14 CEOs, it's not, it's not about the organization that you want to create. It's about the organization that you must create. Right. And, it's you know, an imperative. It's, it's an got to happen exactly. or you're not going to be exactly. here in 10 years. It, it, exactly. And, and it all retranslates, Linda, from there. I mean, the vision and the strategy and the structure and roles, right? And then, and then eventually the competencies that, that must be in place. And it's never, it's never what we want because ultimately who really cares? Nobody really cares what you want. It, it's all what we must create. And these 14 CEOs that I met are just magical in the cultures that they've created around, you know, creating that, that compelling vision and future. The fifth step is that you've got to mobilize your talent. And, it, it, and, and this is very near and dear to our heart because we talk about it all the time. Your talent systems have got to support the culture that you're trying to build in support of your operating imperatives. And you do it through your deployment systems, you do it through your diagnostic systems, development, and how you measure people and so on and so forth. And then the sixth step is uh, to measure rigorously and course correct. And um, that's what I learned. And I, and I honestly, I sort of knew the six steps. Right. Um, it's not really rocket science uh, it, by any stretch. But I built a model with a lot of detail in the book. And then what I wanted to do was interview CEOs who were doing these things. And then, I, like I said earlier, I correlated their stories back to the model to make the model come alive. Yeah, I think that's really, really exciting. So, t- so tell me about uh, some of the CEOs you interviewed. You know, what were some of the themes uh, that that came out from them. I, I know that the, the six tenets of of uh, or building blocks of culture came out, but what were some of the themes about them that you really picked up that you didn't see, how you have not seen in other leaders? Uh, yes, I l- let me just just mention a few of these people. Um, I I interviewed um, one of the. Uh, 20 or 25, I can't remember exactly, Fortune, female Fortune 500 CEOs, Kathy Mazzarella, and she's CEO of Graybar. And she was a fantastic, uh, what a fantastic individual and fantastic talent. I interviewed a lot of global CEOs, Linda. Um, So I interviewed a couple CEOs from the Middle East. 
Um, one, one gentleman by the name of Harib Al-Khatani, he's the CEO of Oman LNG. It's a company with 800 people with uh, $6 billion in sales, okay? I, I mean, come on. That's, Great. that's absolutely amazing. It I is. I interviewed another CEO from uh, Almansori Engineering in the UAE, 80 years old, Linda, 80 years old. Uh, this gentleman, uh, his name's Nabil Al-Alawi. What a, what a tremendous leader doing amazing things in his business. Um, I, uh, I interviewed uh, Chris Kanakarotny, who's the CEO of Vertusa. Vertusa is an IT uh, tech uh, consulting firm uh, that's gone from a hundred, uh, gone from ten million dollars in sales ten years ago to nine hundred million today, uh, with about twenty thousand employees. What an amazing individual! Uh, Tiger Tayajarajan, you know, from uh, from Genpak, the GE spinoff, you know. And, and there were some others, too. All of these people were fascinating to interview. And what, what I learned was, and, and this really hit me real hard, was that these people take nothing for granted, Linda, okay? So they, are, they, they have what I call a privileged mindset, meaning that they, they show up every single day with the mindset that they are privileged to have the opportunity to lead people uh, and, and impact lives and the families of the employees who work for them. They, they never take anything for granted. They never rest on their laurels, Linda. These are people who you know, show I up. love that, John, that privileged yeah. mindset. I say to leaders all the time, you know, it is a privilege to lead others. And, you know, yeah. it's not your right it's not your position. It's a privilege. And there's a yep. lot of people who are resting on, you know, your ability to be a great leader. And uh, so I love that statement. Yeah, the, and it, it really hit me. And, again, I, I sort of knew it before I got in. But, but when you get into these conversations, uh, in the way, the, the, you know, the way I wrote the book, I actually talk about how they grew up in, in yeah. you know, almost in a – you know, almost in a very storytelling way um, about how these people were, you know, grew up in their families, and I talk about their parents and what, you know, what kind of impact they had on them. And So were there any one, common themes that came out from that, John? I, th- I find that fascinating because you did, and I, and I do think that there are common themes regardless of where you're raised in the world oh, yeah. um, that, that emanate from uh, families. <clears throat> that create these great leaders, but what did what what were the themes that you found? Strong, st- very strong, very strong families um, who uh, taught character, courage. Um, uh, that it's important to you know to to go after things in life. Uh, diligence. There's no substitute for working hard. Um, loyalty. Linda, modesty, showing gratitude to others. So those character elements, when they're taught at a young age, right, with the, with the right family, um, they, they get incorporated into your soul. And so uh, I'd say to a, to a person, you know, looking back on these 14 people, all 14 of them were very fortunate to grow up in families and had siblings who uh, were very supportive people and who lived those character elements 
And the other thing that was interesting was, you know, not all of these CEOs were great students, you know. They, they, uh, they, they did well enough in school, but they also involved themselves in extracurricular activities, okay? So many of the CEOs were, were outstanding athletes um, uh, r- right across the board, and, and a couple of them were more in the music realm and so on and so forth. So they did a lot of different things, um, uh, you know, to, to, to teach them, um, you know, uh, uh, other things. The, the, uh, the, the thing that, that, that I think was the most powerful, aside from just that these people never rest on their laurels, is, is that this whole notion of learning and growth and never giving up and never getting comfortable with the comfort zone and disrupting comfort zones so that, you know, new, new comfort zones are created that are only temporary, Linda, right? That, that get disrupted yeah. again. And, and what, I, what I learned was that, was that these people are leading organizations because they're getting their people to disrupt themselves and create new zones that are yet then disrupted again. And, and, um, you know, it's it's really it comes down to courage, really, when you think about it. You know, company. I know comp, the listeners are probably thinking, you know, how, how do we get? When we all want agility, you know, we want people to be right. agile and learning and change right. and so on and so forth. But guess what? It's not going to happen unless you've got people who are courageous. That's exactly That's right. And, and disrupting. So I love that thought about creating disruption. I think that that's very important because that's what causes people to get out of their comfort zones. Stay with us. We're at break, talking to John Matone, and we're going to go into after break around some of the secrets that you can do in order to create this disruptive kind of environment. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more, old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. 
Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag ILEADTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. Welcome back. I'm Linda Sharkey, and I'm talking today with John Matone and a, a really insightful conversation about leaders who, the theme that seemed to come out from the leaders he interviewed was really having this understanding that what they did was a privilege and that so many people were impacted by uh, their engagement with them. And, and that's a very serious, serious point, this loyalty, this modesty, this showing of gratitude for who they are and where they are, and this, this notion that, which I love this phrase that John used, which is um, creating disruption so that people do have to think about it's, it's not just them that they have to continue to learn and grow. Because if you don't have that attribute of wanting to learn, you will get stuck in the same old place that you've always been. And in today's world, you've got to be learning all the time. You've got to have a thirst for learning. And it sounds like, John, these people all did. Well, they did, Linda. And, you know, I'm, I'm hearing you talk, and, it, and the word that's hitting, hitting me is maturity. You know, when you look at, when you look at people who are mature and executives who are mature, they understand the value of learning. These 14 CEOs have long understood that learning and becoming the best that they can be is a never-ending pursuit um, was, 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 so, was so powerful for me to, to hear. Um, and, and so when you think about it, ultimately transforming a culture or transforming an organization is getting people to believe, uh, not think, but rather believe, right, that the compelling alternative to what they're currently doing is perceived in their minds to be more pleasurable than their current yeah. existence. That's the magic. Yep. Yep. And yeah. it's not easy to do, and and the other thing, too, is this is a marathon. I mean, this is not a race. Um, most transformation efforts, uh, in fact, this is a little bit of my research, Linda, but honestly, all we need to do is look at the great research done by Deloitte, PricewaterhouseCoopers, right? And BCG, Boston Consulting Group, does amazing research. 75% of transformations fail, you yes. know? So there you have it. So right. we, we, we got an issue here. We, we don't want transformations to fail. 
And the reason right. the reasons they fail, it comes down to culture and leadership. There it is. So right. um, if you don't have the right people, and this is why there's so much turnover, I, I believe this, in the CEO and the C-level, is that the board of directors wa- need CEOs who are leading a trans- tra- transformative effort. Always. Never ends. I mean, it just... It just never ends. So if you're not learning and growing yourself, you can forget it. You're not going to be in that role very long, period, end of story. You know, you're going to be shown yeah. the door. Um, right, absolutely. Yeah. And, and how did these people, you know, you, you, you use the word disruption, but how did they learn and grow? I mean, how did they develop themselves personally? How did they continue to expand and grow and shape and change their thinking? And change their, as you put it, their, their, their beliefs and then, therefore, their behaviors. Um, in fact, I isolate this in the book and, and I talk about it. There's seven things, and, and, they, and they sort of correlate a little bit with the six steps. But these people, what they shared in common uh, more than anything was that they were never small thinkers. You need to be a big thinker. And, and so that... that, that you want to be a transformational leader, you've got to think differently, you've got to think big. Um, the second thing is back to the being humble and being vulnerable. I think the third is that we're so development-oriented, and I think we should be, but let's not forget about the strengths and the gifts that we bring and, and leveraging and polishing those gifts and strengths. I think so many organizations, and you know this from your coaching work, you know, we tend to focus in on these, hey, where are the gaps and this and that, but, and we need to do that, but we need to look at the gifts and the strengths and continually polish and never take those gifts for, for granted. They've served you well, right, up until this point. Let's continue to strengthen those. And what I, what I discovered in, in all 14 of these CEOs was that they just, they always, always took their strengths and gifts and just made them better. And at the same time, we're very open, you know, to getting feedback through 360-degree feedback and so on and so forth. The fourth step uh, is, is to execute, you know, with courage. And there is a big difference between fearlessness and courage. You know, we need, we need more courage. We need people who have the willingness to stand up for what they think and what they believe professionally. We need more passion. Funny story, Linda, I've got to share this with you. Um, and the listeners will enjoy this as well. I'm interviewing Tiger in New York. Yep. And as you know, he's a very passionate person. Yes. So, so um, and, and, and he's in great shape. I mean, this guy physically is in great shape. Yeah. I think, I, think I think Tiger's in his mid-50s, Linda. But, but all I'm of a sudden, I'm not really I'm sure. I mean, I've known Tiger for, gosh, the better part of 20 years, I think. Yeah, just, just an incredible guy. He starts sweating in the interview, and, and he's perspiring. And, and I started to get nervous. I was like, Tiger, is everything all right? You're getting sick. Yeah. And he looked at me and said, no, I'm just, this is me. I'm just passionate about talking about my business and, and our people and what we're trying to do to move the world in a positive direction. Yeah. And I'm sitting there saying, this guy is unbelievable. And then he says to me, he says, how in the world can my people be passionate about 
the things that they do at GenPAC, unless, unless I show passion, I must show Absolutely. passion. Yep. And I was so moved by that, Linda. I said to myself, this guy is incredible. We do need more passion. We need so right. much more passion. We want to move the world. We, get, we need passionate people. That's courage. Right. And, right? you know, I, the thing, the other thing that you, you hit on, some people call that move the world, but, but what is it that you're really all about? What is that purpose yeah. that really right. drives that passion? You know, exactly. what is that that is exciting? And it's not making $2 billion or $8 billion or $10 billion or whatever it is. It's right. really, what is the difference you're making in the world? How are you helping people? You know, somebody used the example, get, get clean right. water where they don't have it. And I think right. that notion of purpose is becoming incredibly more and more important. Um, I, I love what you just said. And the word that comes to mind is all, all being altruistic. Yeah. The, these people, and I think this is, this is a great discussion point for all of us that, you know, it's, it's not about the money and it's not about revenue. Um, you know, Chris Kanakarotny Growing Virtusa from ten yeah. million to—it's almost a one billion dollar company in ten years, Linda. Wow, that's that's okay. phenomenal. He's a great guy. He's an unbelievable leader. Yeah, he, he grew up with nothing. This guy grew up with right. nothing in Sri Lanka. Right, grew up with nothing. He earned right. a scholarship to uh, Syracuse University, uh, which is pretty good for for, uh, for tennis. And, um, and then, uh, you know, he, 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 um, you know, he, he got away from the tennis, but then, you know, started to focus in on business and stuff like that. But, you know, this, this whole notion of, of, uh, you know, passion and courage, we, we just, I, I'd love to see that in Tiger. And I, and I think there's some other things too that are important, you know, having the guts to act, to execute. Um, you know, uh, and, and being vigilant, being aware yep. of your surroundings as you execute. Yep. And um, not only have the guts to execute, but have the guts to face reality yeah, and help exactly. others face reality that's in front of them. And, you know, as you're talking about this, John, one of the things I'm thinking about, which is, which is really, in my mind, uh, so powerful, because let's face it, companies have to make money. I mean, if you're languishing around at, uh, you know, $10 million for... 10 years, you're not going to be around very long. And then you're not really taking the privilege of your leadership to help others grow and, and others have a decent life. Right. Um, but it's not the primary purpose. The primary purpose is this larger aspiration, inspiration. And I think the numbers are the, are the things that help you get there. But I just have to share this with you. When I was talking yeah. to the guy, the head of sales for LinkedIn, the one thing he said, he said, we never, ever start any meeting, any annual meeting with the numbers, any town hall meeting ever. We start with what's our culture, what are our values, we talk about what they look like in action, and we never, we talk about the heroes who drove the values, but we never, ever, at the end of the day, talk about, and we made X billions of dollars today. Love it. No, that's... I love that. And that takes uh, courage. That, see, no, that is does. the kind of courage that you're talking about. Yeah, and, and I love that story, the LinkedIn story, because, um, you know, the, the, way, the, way, you, you know, the way I talk about it in the book and the way I talk about it when I speak is that culture is a leading indicator, you know, to use an economic analogy. 
if you're really right. strong in your culture, um, it's going to lead to great operating success. I love and, that. Yeah, so it's almost, it's almost like, and oh, by the way, you know what's really interesting is the ultimate leading indicators that drive culture, talent, yeah. people. So they're yeah, the ultimate absolutely. leading indicators. So if you're right. not strong in exactly. your talent yeah. systems, right? Yep. Uh, yep. You're, you're not going to have the right culture, and then your culture is going to erode your operating results. Um, right, which is which, which, absolutely true. We're at break, John, so uh, I want to explore this a little bit more um, when we come back from break. I also got an uh, uh, email, a uh, question emailed in, and um, so stay with us. We're talking to John Matone. You'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag ILEADTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, Back to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. Welcome back. I'm Linda Sharkey, and I'm talking with John Matone. We're talking about his latest book, Cultural Transformation, which is a fabulous book. And one of the things that he said, of many things were really uh, thought-provoking on this uh, show, is that there are two really big leading indicators of to whether your your company is going to be operationally and financially successful. And that is how great your talent is and how others view whether you have great talent. And the second one is the culture. Do you have a culture that's positive where people really want to do their best, where people really want to stay with you, be with your company, low turnover rates, or appropriate turnover rates, and is it a culture where people help each other, give each other feedback, take ideas and try to make them take them to the next level, or is it a place where people tear each other down? And I think if you have those two factors going on, positive factors going on in your organization, the research has shown 
that you will have a highly profitable and successful organization. So, John, we had a call, a uh, email come in, and the person uh, wanted to know how do you create that sort of passion in an organization? It's a great question. Uh, so, Linda, um, what what I discovered in this work is that there are five leading indicators that drive your culture. And the five leading indicators, I've actually isolated them into five separate cultures. And so let me share them, and then I'll get real specific around the culture that I call the will-do culture. There's a culture of can-do that exists in every business that's listening in here today. And the culture of can-do is the belief that people have, not the feeling or not the thinking, but the belief that they have the skills and they have the competencies to execute their roles at a high level that's going to drive the business forward. So uh, I call that the can-do culture. Uh, it's, it's a culture of capability. The second culture uh, is the will-do culture. It's the passion. It's the drive. It's the motivation. It's what, it's what the, uh, the person who sent the email in is, is addressing. I'm going to get specific on that in a second. And then there's a culture of what I call the must-do. And the must-do culture is the feeling that people are connected and aligned with the mission and the vision, right, and the purpose of the organization. And when you think about it, you think about the can-do and the will-do and the must-do. Those are the three powerful leading indicators that great talent systems, when your talent systems are really solid and they're operating on all cylinders, you're going to have an environment where people show up at work every day and they say they can execute, they will execute, and they must execute. Does that make sense? And they must execute. Yes, it makes total sense. And I think that is, you know, and you can listen for language like that in your organization to just even tell you. Now, John, we don't have much time left, but um, I know, how can people get a copy of your book? Well, uh, probably the best way is they can go right to Amazon and uh, order it directly on Amazon. They can also hit my website. We've got a web page up there. Uh, on cultural transformations, and then you can you can go to Amazon or Barnes and Noble from there. Um, my website is uh, johnmatone dot com. Very simple: www.johnmatone.com. dot uh, com. Those are probably the two best ways, Linda. Yeah. Well, great, John. And I know as part of it, and you were talking about these, um, you know, five indicators or these five characteristics or aspects of culture. You have an assessment that goes along with that. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, the assessment actually uh, is called the Five Cultures of Culture Assessment. It's a great, I think it's a great tool that calibrates the health and vibrancy of those five cultures so that you can now start to focus in on, hey, where are we doing well, right? And where do we yep. need to improve? Because right. if you're, if you're going to transform your culture, first step is to, is to calibrate it, right? And, right. And so, You've got to know so where it is. There it is. I mean, exactly. So, yes. You can't uh, transform any, something you don't know where it is, and you can't it transform exactly. it if you don't exactly. know where you're trying to take it to. So, John, I, I, how can people get a copy of uh, the assessment or getting, uh, get involved in that? Well, uh, real simple, Linda, just email me. I, I tend to be very good with the email. Just shoot me an email, and we can talk. It's john at johnmatone.com. Just send me an email, and I'll send you a uh, sample report. Um, 
uh, and uh, share share other details about that assessment, how you how you get it going, and so on and so forth in your business. Perfect, wonderful. Well, John, thank you so much. Good luck in all of this. I just know this is going to be a bestseller, and thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. As my, always, my, I love having you on. Thank you, Linda. I enjoy being on. Thank you so so much. I appreciate it. Okay, we'll talk to you soon, John. Okay, bye bye, Linda. Bye. And um, next week's show, I have Brian Underhill, Dr. Brian Underhill, who is going to, he runs the largest coaching network in the world. And he has some phenomenal insights and stories around what works for coaching. Brian wasn't an associate with Marshall. He was an assistant, actually, to Marshall Goldsmith for quite a period of time, and he's taken um, the best of all of that and put it into this really powerful powerful coaching network. And so it's going to be fun and exciting to talk to Brian about what he sees and also what he sees as the future of coaching going forward. So we're going to be spending a lot of time talking about that. And also I have exciting news. I just recently got uh, a contract with Wiley Books to write a new book around something that I'm passionate about and near and is near and dear to my heart, which our working title is called Future Proof the 10 factors that are shaping the 21st century workforce and what you need to do about them to be successful and to survive, frankly, in this fast-paced world. So that book will be coming out sometime this fall, um, giving speeches on it already around the world. I've done a lot of research. I have a co-author, uh, Marag Barrett, who's been on the show before, a terrific thought leader herself. And we're so excited because we think this book is really going to be the bedrock of what companies, leaders, and all levels of leaders need to think about in order to sustain themselves and survive in this fast-paced, changing world. You know, it's, it's so funny because cable TV and, and, and regular TV is getting totally disintermediated um, by the streaming companies. And they're not even... They're not even um, thinking about it. They're still sending out Nelson, uh, Nielsen rating uh, surveys of 25 and 30 pages to families to find out you know, what they think of their TV shows. So it's all that stuff that people are just not thinking about and not aware of that's around the corner that needs to keep us on our toes so that we are learning and we're adjusting and we're going to be around in this 21st century going forward. And one of the key tenets and one of the key factors is organizational culture, which is why I've spent so much time talking about it. And we're going to be spending more time thinking about that. Also, diversity is a thing of the past. Dealing with inclusion is a 21st century. Diversity is a notion that does not, that, that was in the 20th century. And thinking about bias and what are our biases and how are they getting up in the way of our being able to embrace and include others. These are all incredibly important things. I'm going to be at the um, Arab Society for Human Resource Conference. I'm going to be a keynote speaker there in uh, early March and I'm going to be talking about these very same subjects and I'm going to be touring around meeting with several CEOs. Uh, there and doing some presentations in-house in a number of companies there. So I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, Stay with us. Join us next week, and we will be 
continue to have a great lineup. We're going to be talking to some people around what technology is bringing to the table and how it's going to change forever how we work. Thanks for joining with me, and thank you, everybody who's been listening, sending in emails, and participating in the show. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of I Lead, The Leadership Connection. Please join Dr. Linda Sharkey again for another show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a successful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.